0: Ready, set, the goal! Hey!
1: Welcome to Karate Kid 2 Minute, a podcast where we discuss the Karate Kid Part 2, two glorious minutes at a time. I'm Robin. I'm Matt welcome back today from Marvel Movie Minute, our Pete and Andy. Welcome back. Thank you. Hey, guys. Uh, Today, we are talking about minutes 62 to 64 of the Karate Kid Part 2. They begin with a foot race and end with a walk through Naha. And we left off on Monday with Kumiko challenging Daniel to race her to the castle. And as we start these two minutes, Daniel offers her a head start, and she's like, Nope, I don't need it.
0: <laughs>
1: Which, right. again,
2: speaks to Kumiko, you know? Way to go, Kumiko. <laughs> don't take
1: that from him. <laughs> and, yeah, I, I love Daniel's, uh, you know, playful erasure. Like, he, he was also playful with Allie, too. I, 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 I like how he's immediately like, well, excuse me, you know, just joking yeah. along with her. And that that so, seems
2: like it's kind of like his, his jersey side that's coming out, right? A little bit yeah. of that.
1: <laughs> yeah excuse me um so kumiko gives herself a head start by just saying ready set go really fast and then leaving dangle in the dust um in the shooting script kumiko says ready set and then runs off and he yells go over her shoulder <laughs> oh. and then uh, and, the, and the race is actually much more close. He, Daniel like struggles to catch up and gets ahead of her. And then Kumiko like pulls his shirt back, which knocks him off balance and then passes him again and wins. So that's then why he slips
0: yeah. on a rock and bashes
1: his head. <laughs> I'm assuming the locale kind of changed that whole correct direction.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, like huh. I I was having serious anxiety with them running across wet rocks. <laughs> I, was, I mean, I was
2: having that anxiety like in the last last couple of minutes where they were climbing down that cliff wall just like so casually. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, my gosh. At least that was dry. You ever yeah, step true. A wet rock. <laughs> yeah. Exactly.
1: But uh, it is during this race that our love song, which has been playing instrumentally in the background, goes to the forefront of the sound mix. And we hear Peter Cetera's Golden Pipes uh, really kind of hammer down on the castle theme in the uh, bridge of the song glory of love. So we're here guys. What do you got to say about it? (laughs) Well, first of all,
2: it's, it's so interesting that they pick up in the bridge of the song, right? Obviously. I mean, there's a very obvious reason that they do because we, as soon as they, he's talking about castle far away, we cut to the castle. So obviously they needed to do that. But it's it's an interesting way to kind of come into the song. And yes, you're right. We had heard a little bit on her car radio in the last couple of minutes and stuff when they were driving. Um, but it's uh, I mean, I mean, this was a big hit in mm-hmm. 86. Um, and I mean, it was on his album, Solitude, Solitaire. Um, I was a I totally loved Peter Sotero when I was young. I was like, not the cool kid. Um, although Peter Sartere I think was was still kind of cool enough especially with stuff like this song from this particular movie but yeah. um, like this album I just I loved it when I was young it was it like it, and this whole song like I can still sing this whole song when, <laughs> when it's playing it's like it's ridiculous um,
1: all right go and, ahead no, I'm just
2: kidding <laughs> not for you Darn it <laughs> But I mean it was a very popular song. I mean it got an uh, an Oscar nomination for best song, a Golden Globe nomination for best yeah. song.
1: You know what? He lost Unfortunately,
2: to? it came out Yeah, it came out at I mean, it was a very strong year for, for movie songs because you had Take My Breath Away which won for Top Gun, yes. Somewhere Out There in American Tale, Little Top of Horror's Mean Green Mother from Outer Space. Then you have Life in a Looking Glass from That's Life. I challenge anybody here to sing that song. Uh, as opposed to any of the others, it's like those are the songs that everybody was was would have been singing. Maybe not the little shop of horrors song, but still, that was that was a, certainly a popular movie. Um, but like those other songs, like somewhere out there, I mean, that was you know always playing. Take my breath away, somewhere. Uh, Glory of love. I mean, big hits of the time.
1: Yeah, at least at least I, in my circles. When I when I. Uh... Like, yeah, I, well, you know, I was... I'm sorry.
3: The ammunition that he just laid out there about his own circles. I guess there are
1: too many jokes. Listen, I ran with a tough crowd. I'm just Andy saying. Yeah, I and mean, his not... circles listening to the top of the adult contemporary charts in 1986. I, exactly.
2: That's what I'm saying. I was not in the cool kid circles, Pete.
1: I think I had this on tape. uh The Billboard Golden Platinum, they'd put out like a tape every every year or maybe a record. I don't know. It just assembled all the top, top songs of the year. And this was definitely, it. but yeah, when you, uh, when, when the fact comes up that it's like, Oh, Gloria loved didn't win the Oscar. Who did it lose to? And then somebody's take my breath away. And it's just like, Oh, oh all right. All right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know. It seems those seem to be on equal stature to me as well. Yeah. Yeah. Even though I love this movie a lot more than top gun. Um, yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, I certainly watched this more than Top Gun when I was a kid. Like the, I, I, and I think, you know, to Pete's point in the last minute or the last set of minutes, I, I think that there was probably more of me being able to identify with Daniel than I could with the uh, Man, you right? know, Tom Cruise and all the the <laughs> flight school jocks. So,
0: I think, uh, I think this theme is a little bit more dated than Take My Breath Away. I think Take My Breath Away doesn't read like completely an 80s song but this one does <laughs> <laughs> there is some of that to it for sure yeah yes. i just I, I
3: feel like i need to i need to raise a flag for because i i was not the peter Cetera glory of love fan i was still I, i'm gonna be honest a little bit bruised when he left chicago right land chicago right. 17 <laughs> Earth, yeah. was instrumental see what i did there in my life like i loved I loved that album. I loved everything on it, and uh, it was on like just constant repeat repeat play in in my in my circles. That sounds weird now. <laughs> Andy made it weird, and now I can't do I, it anymore. You made yeah, it weird. I just so. said it. <laughs> so like like this song and the fact that it's it's that that this is Peter Cetera's kind of one of his breakout from Chicago hits. I was always yeah. a little bit bitter you know what? Kind of, you know, bite me, Satera. I that's see what funny. you did there. It's fine. I but was the guy. You're who's... no, you're no like Peter Gabriel. Like, you're no, <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you're, you're, not, you're no, you're no, you Phil Collins. Like, you, you can't do yeah. what they did with Jen- You can't well, do that.
1: So. Well, apparently, I mean, I was reading articles from the time and that's what exactly what he wanted to do. He wanted to have a solo career and be with Chicago. And yeah. And wanted to do it at the same time and almost like tour like Phil Collins would do with Genesis and, uh, you know, do his set and then do one set with Chicago. And right. I guess they didn't they didn't want to do that.
3: Yeah. Yeah, that's they had they had much more uh, they had insular interest. They wanted to be the band and not be a collection of musicians. And I totally get that. And I just I I remain a little bit bitter at Peter Cetera, acknowledging <laughs> what he has done for you know the music industry. He is a certainly uh, a, a a pinnacle of the era. But come on, that's <laughs> all. So holding a candle for Chicago 17.
2: I will just say I was able to move through that split
3: and follow both of them completely happily. <laughs> I just feel like so- Solitude Solitaire was like the ultimate middle finger to like his history. Come on, yeah, like do true. you have to be so petty about it? Please. By myself. That's right. That's yeah. It. Yeah. Not well, with you. I'm, I don't need you, Solitude Solitaire.
1: That's
2: yeah. <laughs> All right, there is a little bit of that. I'll give you that. <laughs>
1: Uh, I, have a, I have a bunch of facts I, I, I could read off to you guys if you don't mind. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, so he was with Chicago from 67 to 85. Uh, he'd already won a Grammy with them for the group's first number one single. Uh, do you guys know what that is?
2: Well, it's not. Uh, let's see, 25 or 6 to 4 was after he split uh gosh what was their number one first number oh,
3: one. oh, oh duh um uh, uh, if you leave me now if you leave me now that's right Sweet. <laughs> mm. nice uh i was looking which through, also through. could have been the chicago's anthem when he left it's that
1: ironic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh yeah I, I was looking at some of this, I because i'm not as fluent in chicago but i do love hard habit to break and yeah. uh, you're the inspiration uh, yep. I right. think your inspiration. inspiration is probably just as cheesy as a uh, glory of love. <laughs> probably. That was probably right like the last, my life.
2: the last song that the last hit that he had with them before he left.
1: Right. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure. Perhaps. Uh, I will say uh, MTV is also to blame uh, for Cetera leaving because they'd start making videos. Everybody saw Cetera up in front being the face of Chicago. And, and he just started thinking, you know, I could do this on my own. Like people mm-hmm. recognize my face. So maybe I can do with, you know, old Phil could do with Genesis. Mm-hmm. Um, and because uh, the departure from Chicago was so recent when glory of love came out, people just thought it was another Chicago song.
2: <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Yes.
1: <laughs> uh, said when he wrote glory of love, his wife back then, uh, Diane Nini. Uh, heard the words Gloria Love instead of what Peter was really singing, and I have no idea what it could have been. <laughs> um, but he then decided to change it to "glory of Love because he liked it, and he then gave her a co-writing credit, you know, just for kind of going, is that Gloria Love you're saying? <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, sure. <laughs> Uh, we found out last season that You're the Best Around was uh, written for the first uh, – was, was written uh, for Rocky three and then uh, came down to uh, the first Karate Kid. And, you know, You're the Best Around, definitely more references to a championship fighter than a high school kid. Um, but <laughs> funny enough, Glory Love was written by Peter Sterra for Rocky four and it's all about Rocky's love for Adrian –
3: you guys, you can't, you just can't get away from the Rocky comparisons. Am I right? <laughs> we'll get back to Rocky 5, I'm sure. Right. I am sure. <laughs> Somewhere or another.
1: <laughs> uh, I guess Stallone rejected it. He liked uh, John Cafferty's Hearts on Fire uh, in, in, better. So uh, he, he. Another Six classic 80s 20. hit. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Very. And, 80s, yeah. and uh, yeah, coincidentally, Bill Conti chose to score. Karate Kid 2 instead of Rocky 4. So a couple of transplants from Rocky 4 <laughs> ended up in Karate Kid 2. Uh, Peter Cetera says, quote, about two weeks later, the people from Karate Kid 2 were looking for a song. So they came to the studio where I was working on uh, working on it, and I played them Gloria Love, and they immediately loved it. So I changed a few words to make it even more fitting. <laughs> <So> <laughs> like Castle? I wonder what those words (laughs) are. Yeah, I I think the chorus and the bridge work best for karate kiddo. It got honor and knights and castles. But yeah, if you look in the other verses, it's all about being in love, going through tough times, how much you owe somebody for being there beside you through it all. And it's just like, (laughs) that's Adrian. That's Daniel. Daniel and Kumiko are like, you know, first, first love. You know, like they're just barely getting interested in each other at this point. Yeah, Uh, well, it almost it's interesting
2: because it almost the way that you're describing it makes it seem like it's actually uh, Miyagi's love song. Right. mm -hmm. Like, you know, him and Yukie, which is kind of an interesting way to look at it. But I mean, in the 80s, in a movie like this, they would never write the love song for the older couple.
3: I I was just going to say that (laughs) you should absolutely like if the shooting script doesn't have (laughs) Miyagi and Yukie climbing down. The bridge embankment to the Rubbing wet rocks. Cross, <laughs> wet rock. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: totally missed the boat. There are a few scenes in this movie as we've gone through them, and I've gone, like, yeah, this is a really good scene. But I guarantee when I was 11, when I saw this, been, I was just kind of like, gross. <laughs> 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 Old people. Let's get back to Daniel. He's the karate kid. Right. Um, so, uh, yeah, the song became number one. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, the music video is huge too. Uh, if, I don't know if you've watched it recently, but it is basically Peter Cetera standing like in a, in a stage set that looks like a dojo right, and he's right. just kind of like standing in place and shimmying about now, just, just kind of feeling the music, but not really walking around the set too much. And he's got like scenes from Karate Kid 2 playing behind him.
3: Yeah. That's classic Cetera, though. That feels like a thing that maybe he pioneered. (laughs) I'm just going to be here and you just put it behind me. It'll be great. Yeah, I feel like that also is
2: probably the way that they all felt like and maybe they ripped off of Cetera, but like for for songs that came from movies like this, it's like that it felt like it became a thing. Like, I'm just going to stand here and shimmy a bit, play clips from the movie behind me.
1: It'll be awesome. Yeah. It's just so funny. Like watching that video, like 30 plus years later, you're just watching like, what a weirdo this guy is. Like, he just looks like a weirdo. (laughs) I don't know. It's just like, why was any number one hit? Like, I don't know. (laughs) And, and really, I just started thinking about the, how unique Peter Cetera is to, uh, you know, the rest of quote unquote rock music and, and watching the video, I was like, his mouth is barely moving at all. And, I, I'm well you guys uh, are fans of Chicago maybe you know know why uh I, I found out but I don't want I don't want to steal anybody's thunder wait well, his, his you're saying that this is this piece of trivia
3: about Peter Sotero's mouth being too small I should already know I have never ever once thought about it. are you kidding that's what movie by minute podcasts are for
1: <laughs> well Uh, apparently in 1969, two years into fronting, uh, Chicago, uh, he got into a brawl at a Dodgers game. Apparently, uh, some ex-military guys did not like his long hair or his, uh, Chicago Cubs t-shirt. He got his jaw broken in three places. So, uh, for a few months, he had actually had to front Chicago singing with his mouth wired shut. (laughs) Oh my God. So, uh he said in an interview um and when they cut the wires off i was always afraid my jaw uh of my jaw sticking open again so i didn't so i don't really open my mouth a lot when i sing wow, <laughs> so that, wow. Yeah, interesting I can't
3: even imagine that i can't even imagine that but, okay classic chicago stir
1: the night. I'd <laughs> like to spend it. that's impossible <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I guess that's how he he had to cut it. And I, I guess they yeah, didn't want to it. a bit the of show, a ventriloquist there? skills, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, and, okay, uh, I am a man who will fight for your honor. Okay, so C- Cetera actually says, back in 86, I'll say, this quote, I think every man sees himself that way, and I think that every lady sees that song as being about looking for the man who's going to die for her honor. I think the secret dream of everybody in the world, man or woman, is to be the fairy tale prince or princess. So,
0: Have someone die
1: for them? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or be willing to.
0: <laughs> well, he's a classicist.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: so yeah that's all my uh that's all my facts i don't want to like glory of love is just so huge i uh i wish i had more to say about it uh but um i guess uh,
2: i mean it's it's just full full frontier in this moment and it's it's glorious so yes. i'm I'm glad that we get to be a part of it
1: just for this <laughs>
2: Is yes, it, that I is why
1: that. you signed up for this week of minutes. <laughs> that is why, absolutely, <laughs> of course.
3: <laughs> I feel like I was—I I feel like I was catfished a little bit. Like Amy said, <laughs> hey, "Hey, we're, we're going to do this thing. Do you care what minutes? I mean, I, I'm thinking sixty to sixty-five. I mean, whatever. We could do that. But sixty to so sixty-sixty-six. That's fine. We'll do that. Okay, good. That's what happened. That's right. That's right. <sighs>
2: how's that weekend oh. for you great <laughs> great
3: <laughs> so don't worry about it don't worry about it we'll figure it out when we get closer that's right
1: um so daniel and kumiko race to the cliff's edge and they laugh about how kumiko cheated uh we see another map painting which this map painting yeah like you said this looks really is- like i mean it, it was well done but it yeah. was Well laid into the shot. I don't think it looks like they're,
2: they stop themselves so they don't crash into it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) When they're running up,
1: like that's how obvious of a map painting it is. (laughs) Um, and then we have this nice moment, uh, with still, we got Gloria love just pumping in the background, uh, while they close their eyes and, uh, share a wish. And it looks like Kumiko is making a real wish while Daniel's kind of peeking at her. (laughs) Well, and
2: it's like, it isn't, weirdly long moment that they have, yeah. right? Like they, she, they close their eyes and it's like, I don't know, a good 10 seconds or something before he finally peeks. I'm like, wow, they are really doing this. Like they are really sitting
1: down and thinking about something. <laughs> uh, originally Kumiko opens her eyes and sees him looking at her and they have an almost kiss. Uh, originally that was, it was scripted right here, but you know, they're, I guess it's a good idea. They save the kiss. Yeah, well, that's totally the that's totally the moment I was expecting.
3: Right. You know, because the piano is now kicking back in and you just feel like, oh, this is the moment he's going to lean in and his eyes are open. And it was going to be the classic 80s teen. Yeah, we're not going to quite go for consent yet. Kiss with her eyes closed. (laughs) Right. Like the totally wrong thing to send, you know, Mm -hmm. in hindsight, I was waiting for it. That was my my head cannon was right there. (laughs) And and then they were interrupted. I'm like, who edited? Was this like a director's cut? Did I get a different version?
1: (laughs) I swear they kissed. Yeah, I I like the idea that it's just like he like stops and looks at her. And I think it's really like here he's like, oh, man, she's so beautiful. Like, I'm, I'm totally falling for this girl. Yeah, right. And the
2: interruption is so funny because it's like, I don't know. The guy comes in and I'm like, were you on a, a set from some like movie from the fifties? You look like you came from the wrong movie fella. Yeah. It's a very funny extra that runs in here. Uh,
1: this is uh Robert Fernandez and it seems to be his only role. Uh, maybe he was an extra guy that got promoted to having this, uh, having this line. Cause uh, they did hire Okinawan extras, uh, to be in this film. Um, and uh, according to the translation I got from uh, uh, Mickey Yamashita, thank you, uh, he's saying, quick, leave, so, or, or leave quickly or something.
2: Did yeah. you get a translation of what's written on the box? I was curious about that. I <laughs> no, mean, I'm assuming no. it's Sato something or
1: other. but Yeah, yeah, Sato's box. <laughs> right, right. <laughs>
2: It was weird to me that, like, I, I know they're taking pieces from the castle, but this seems like they're nowhere near the castle. Like, they're up on top of a cliff overlooking the castle, but this is where they're going to store this box and shovel as part yeah. of the construction. It's like, they're not near it. It's a it's strangely placed. Sato's Ark of Covenant.
3: <laughs> you kind of want the side to start burning just a little yeah. bit. <laughs>
1: Uh, okay. and, uh, all right. So we, and this scene, and this is the great thing about the two minute format, because it just can just race through all sorts of stuff. And now we are in the middle of Naha, uh, with this traffic cop though I could watch for days, like <laughs> <laughs> really has his job down. I'll tell you. <laughs> And uh, refrigerator insulation and research prevented me from learning the, all the hand signals for traffic cops. But believe me, I really wanted to get into this. <laughs>
0: it's
3: never too late. I think we've if we've learned anything.
1: <laughs> I have to release a bonus episode. This, That's right. This week. Exactly. <laughs> on, on traffic, traffic police sign language. <laughs> <laughs> but it's great. I just love it. I don't know. I don't know why. Um, uh, and so we now see uh, Daniel and Kumiko uh, navigating the streets in Naha uh, while Ralph, Macho, and Tamlin Tamita are in the studio ADRing their lines because <laughs> they're clearly not talking right here. Right. Yeah, right, right. And it's such, like, you know, ex- expository dialogue. It's like, you know what I want to know? What, I wanna, what do you want to do with your life? What are your dreams? <laughs> it's like, what, what normal person ask this?
3: Immediately after, oh, you drive on the wrong other side of the street? <laughs> like, it's just, a, like, high jump, low ceiling kind of conversation. Yeah. yeah. Also, what is your soul screaming and crying for right now?
0: <laughs> it
2: is it is one of those conversations. I'm like, he, he was from Jersey. I'm sure that he was aware people just across the ocean over in England drove on the other side of the road. so like, no so You know why it's clueless. called the right
1: side. Yeah. <laughs> right. But, uh, oh, yeah, that, that kind of reminded me of um, – uh, I'd hear stories, you know, I don't know if this is urban legend or whatever, but like of Americans trying to traveling to cities where people d- drove on the left side of the or uh, left side of the road and wouldn't look uh, right as they're stepping off the sidewalks and getting hit, yeah. hit by cars. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, that's
3: that's legit. Well, at least I have an idiot friend who did that and did not get hit, <laughs> oh, but no. but was was, uh, yes, yeah, summarily. You know, scolded by locals. (laughs) Get out of the street. Yeah, it's uh, real. Also, make sure you don't drive. For those of you who have had this experience, don't. It is risky to drive an American car in, in the other side of the street. Don't do that. That's a huge risk that you're taking with your life and the lives of others.
2: Uh, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, I found it so much easier. Like when I was overseas in a country that where you were driving on the other side of the street, the fact that you're also on the other side of the car actually made it a lot easier for me to figure that out. How would you even
0: get an American car?
3: Well, we, uh, we, if you, if you work for the department of defense, they will ship over by weight your, some of your, material goods and one of those things could be a car and we Mm. take a car over to uh take a car over to germany and drive to england and you will get a very sudden lesson in how (laughs) uh, in how your brain can just break immediately it's (laughs) just wrong and so yeah it happens it happens all the time yeah, this I have is way uh, outside the scope of this podcast. Cut this whole thing. Frankly. no, no not but at still. all. Not at
1: all because I actually had a bit of trivia about that. Like the the just like you said, uh many left-hand uh cars were transported to the island, to uh the island of uh, Okinawa in Japan uh by members of the US military for personal use and were just left there. And uh if you notice Sato's personal car is a left-hand yep. driving car. So, it could be okay. because he bought it from you know, somebody in the military. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, I hate to say this, but we are not on the streets of Naha. <laughs> we are not even in Hawaii <laughs> at all. Uh, we are in Burbank on the Warner Brothers Lodge. Right. Uh, oh. This is Hennessy Street, uh, originally called Tenement Street when it was built in 1937, uh, used for movies like My Fair Lady, Annie, Spider-Man. Uh, matter of fact, I think uh, one of the alleys uh, uh, uh off the side here is where the upside down kiss was. Uh, where they go to, uh, the window there, uh, the, the Panasonic electronics place, uh, that was Madame Ruby's tarot shop from Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Hmm. And off to the right of that window was the stairway down to Mr. Wing's store from Gremlins.
2: Yeah, so I the, think they're
1: standing right over
2: the stairs, right? Like uh, the way that it's set, I feel like the stairs mm-hmm. are right next right in front of them. But I yeah, I was looking
1: out. at. Uh, yeah, it's something gated off. But there I was looking at pictures of the line and it's off to the right.
2: OK, um, OK. Yeah.
1: So, so is the, the shot of up. the inside of the dojo, is that
0: back in Hawaii or did they fly chosen hmm. over just for that
1: one shot? <laughs> Maybe I don't know. I don't know. I, I I assume this is all uh the back lot. Um Uh of course, most importantly, the music video for LMFAO's party rock anthem was uh, also shot on this on this street. <laughs> that is historical. <adorable>. Um <laughs> Uh, John Appleton says, uh, yeah, Hennessy was uh, used for decades. What makes it so popular is there's no long vista. You get the sense of converging streets, but there's not a long view anywhere. It's very cleverly designed so that it looks like a city street. And the fact that you don't see down an avenue is not obvious. And I just, I just want to say, like, I commend the set dressers because this place, they, they dress this whole street right up. It looks like a street from now." Yeah, I mean my cool. understanding of one at least.
3: <laughs> um where do you where do you guys stand on the uh on on her uh asking the salesperson to turn on ballet?
0: The is person just, looked annoyed.
1: Yeah. I was like, really, you're back again?
3: Do you wanna I don't I can't just do that. It's nineteen eighty five.
1: Yeah, I was wondering what the setup is here. Like I, does I she always show have up this
3: often enough? Yeah, like I always have this tape on a loop and i just change it to ballet whenever you're here
2: it's it's a strange request it's it's like oh here yeah sure here let me let me stop my conversation with somebody that i'm actually trying to sell a tv to yeah so that i can put your <laughs> ballet on yeah
3: and the guy who's he's talking she's talking to looks even more annoyed like he was probably about to buy a tv and then maybe walk out that's what <laughs> that's what i i think <laughs>
1: Uh, in the original shooting script, Kumiko is actually walking around carrying videotapes. And I went, hold on a second, kids, uh, videotapes. They're like these <laughs> plastic rectangular, they're like 4k Blu-rays, but like, like 0.5k. Uh, and, uh, they somehow got the images on like a ribbon of tape that spun around inside. Anyway, I know why didn't they just put it on streaming? I get you, but this is physical media. Um, So Kumiko's carrying these strange objects around, and she asks uh, uh, to put uh, a copy. One of the tapes she hands, she actually hands it to the electronic stuff. It's Wuthering Heights, and she asks them to uh, play it, and it's the scene where Heathcliff is, like, with waves crashing behind him, strangely enough, professing his love, and Kumiko has, like, tears in her eyes and tells Daniel Wuthering Heights is, like, her favorite film. Oh, my. And then... (laughs) uh, (laughs) Wow. And then he notices she has another tape that's marked modern dance. And then that's what gets them talking about dancing. But okay. So they never play the dance? No.
2: Okay. In the Interesting.
1: This is a hell of a shortcut. <laughs> <laughs> what we so got.
2: Like, and what's funny is it probably is one of those things that came about because they're like, well, we can't get the rights to the Wuthering Heights clip. Yeah. So <laughs> let's can we let's just so, show some generic dancing. OK, we'll do that.
1: It's not though. Do you know what this is? No. What is it? This is a scene from Fame, the movie. <laughs> of oh, my it is. oh my gosh! Oh my gosh.
2: Should have known.
1: The actress on the screen is named uh, Antonia Franceschi, and this is the last movie she she starred in Fame, um, and this is the last movie she was in before she joined the New York City Ballet. <laughs> oh, okay, that makes For sense. Her.
3: Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, that it makes a whole lot more sense for her to I, I don't okay. The, two separate things. Does it make sense for her to be carrying around a bunch of videotapes? I don't know. But <laughs> this scene makes more sense if she has videotapes on her. And I think that I think that would have been preferable. Or why they needed to have her have the person change the channel at, at all, I don't understand. That she could have just said, Oh, look, that's what I want to do, and it's already on the TV. Why did yes. they even have to go through that scene? It would be just as believable to have they it be, want to be an show ironic thing. that
0: that she has people that uh, are friends with her. I don't know that she's charmed these other people. Yeah. The, yeah, she's yeah, charmed. Right, right. <laughs> I don't know.
1: <laughs> I don't know. It's so weird. And it and it's set up. They set it up later in ADR. They went. They must have went back and was like, "Oh, we got to add something here. Like, let's have Daniel say, look, what's your dream? What you know?'" Yeah, And yeah, and, right, and, right. and so for her to go, "Here's my come with me. I'll show you my dream," and then points had a tv like why didn't they yeah. point to like well they couldn't point to a dance studio because now she's saying well we don't there do that th- here yeah yeah i yeah.
0: guess so. also it's to show that she doesn't have her own tv and she has to get her her
1: jollies <laughs> by going here <laughs> right that was the other thing. i was like does she, she doesn't have a tv like she has be I just tomorrow. show her Ragged go from TV.
3: house to house like yeah. looking through other people's windows
0: <laughs> yeah. like sneaking right.
3: through yards yeah
1: I d- and oh yeah. god no it's fine go ahead yeah, just, like, it does she show up often enough to this window, like, in another city that <laughs> they know her and are like, oh, oh, it's Kumiko, put on the dance, put on the dance, and, and again, it, it, like, they don't, like, pop a tape in or anything, they just switch, they hit a switch, and it's that classic trope of, like, turning on it, turn on the television, and it's immediately what you're looking for, that, like, it's, it's usually, like, a news segment, but... Uh, well, it's
2: yeah. it's funny because the way that that happens, it's like the lady, she she walks away like she's going to do something or she starts moving. But then by the time you actually see the switch, when we cut back to the TV, like she's already back talking to the customers and stuff. So it's like, did she tell someone else to do it? It's, it's a kind of confusing <laughs> and it's a weird setup. But I will say the TV, it looks like there was an old movie playing before they changed it. So
1: maybe it actually was Wuthering Heights. Maybe. Yeah, I, yeah, I wasn't one. sure. There was another screen. On the left, and I couldn't find anything about what what that possibly is. I didn't recognize it, but it looked like an old movie. Yeah. But. Uh, hmm. And uh, yeah, did you see the price tag? It said seventy-two thousand dollars for that TV. <laughs> <So> <laughs> then I realized. That, 000, yeah. Yeah. Yen. Yeah. 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 Right. <laughs> yeah, I I did the conversion. It's six hundred and fifty-five dollars for that TV. Uh, That's still seems, a healthy seems, TV. Seems steep, yeah. yeah well this is the panasonic store like his brand name so i'm assuming yeah (laughs) oh right (laughs) (laughs) so yeah daniel discovers there's no ballet schools in okinawa and uh i of course had to look it up there is the naha city of school of ballet actually i was looking at dancing schools in okinawa in general and i found a pole dancing school so there's Plenty of dancing in Oklahoma. I don't know how far back it went, but <laughs> they've got plenty. But that speaks
2: to the point that you brought up last time about the fact that she, you know, she has a car and she is able to kind of get around a little bit. And, but the fact that, like, maybe she's she is visiting her aunt often in this area, but she's, you know, in this whole area that she can drive to. There still isn't a a place where she can actually dance, which, yeah, I mean, it, it does seem like a little bit of a stretch Uh, but I mean, I think it speaks to the fact that, you know, even with a car, she can't get there. Yeah.
1: Uh, So as they're standing there, a very familiar face runs up and invites Kumiko to the dance. Bring your friend. Did you guys recognize (laughs) who this is? Oh, Oh, yes.
0: Yes. (laughs) Good old B. Wong. Absolutely. Uh, Matt, did you recognize him? I did. He's like just one of those guys who's in everything. I didn't recognize him from anything (laughs) in particular. (laughs) Right, But I I, I do know his name, B.D. Wong. And I'm like, yeah, every time I see him, I'm like, oh, it's that guy again. (laughs) Well,
2: he certainly I I love the fact that like because he was in the first Jurassic Park and they ended up bringing him back for the two new Jurassic worlds. And I I love the fact that he ended up kind of his part kind of got um, continued in those films. But that's uh, between that and then Father of the Bride. I think those are the two things that I mostly um have in my head and and of course he played shang in mulan so
0: i'm sure he was on an x-files episode he was matt you know what it was called hell money (laughs) hell money hell money Hell, money.
3: <laughs> I uh, I I love B.D. Wong. He was also Hugo Strange in Gotham, which yes. I, I had a great time with that show, and he was super creepy and uh, just a, a big weirdo. Um, he's you know he's got a couple of bits in American Horror Story, um, and uh, yeah, I mean he's just been around for so so long. It was really funny to see him just pop in. Um,
0: and, and this is probably one of his first things, huh?
1: Yeah,
3: this, yeah. It, he had done only a couple of TV movies before, or TV stints on that. He was in, in Simon and Simon, uh, right. an episode of Simon and Simon. I <laughs> used Blade to love, love me some Simon <laughs> and Simon when I was yes. a
2: kid. Yes. Classic, and, uh, classic uh, yeah. stuff,
3: classic so, stuff. I'm yeah, surprised, Pete, that you here. didn't
2: bring up um, The Ref, because, I mean, you're, you seem to yep. always bring that up every Dr. chance. Dr. Wong,
3: marriage counselor. Have, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, he was. he's just fantastic. Uh, yeah. Yeah
0: so yeah like and uh, he's a, he must be overdubbed here right I don't know I don't I know sure. no,
2: it it felt like he was doing his own terrible japanese
0: mm-hmm. But it, it like it, yeah. I don't know his lip sync seemed off <laughs>
1: hmm.
0: it could be or, or yeah the, it could or be the sound the noise. compared to the rest of the scene I don't know
1: Yeah um I uh, you guys named most of my Wong picks. Uh, I had a couple more. Uh, he was on Oz and oh, he was, yeah. he's been on SV, SVU for like 16 years or something. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Like, that. Like,
3: it, like he's one of the like over 200 episode guys, right? Like he's yeah. been in it forever.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And uh, he recently got an Emmy nomination uh, for playing White Rose on Mr. Robot. And he is fantastic on that show.
2: Yes. Um, And Uh, just kind of to continue tying it in very specifically to this actual location that Mm -hmm. he's talking to them at. He's also going to be in the new Gremlins TV show. (laughs) Yes. So there you go.
1: I got very excited when I saw that credit, and then I, and I found out it was an animated show. I'm like, oh, come on.
2: <laughs> but he does a lot is, of voice stuff, though. I love that. Yeah.
1: yeah, he uh, he. he it, the, the animated series is going to be on HBO Max. It apparently, it's about Mr. Wing as a young boy, the old man in the, the original Gremlins, as a young boy when he first meets Gizmo. And I, I sure hope they don't call him Gizmo in the show, because that would make no sense. Not this not. is uh, like the Gremlins <laughs> yeah, version of Young Miyagi. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> right. See? I am so on uh I've been pitching young Miyagi all this season. And then we got we bridged into young Sato. Um uh, but yeah, I just uh, quick mention about that uh the show though. Uh he is voicing uh Mr. Wing's uh father and his wife is played by uh Ming Na Wen, who so oh, it's a little wow. bit of a Mulan yeah. reunion. <laughs> That's cool. That's great. Yeah, yeah. awesome. Uh, Last fun fact about B.D. Wong before we uh, ride off into the sunset here. Uh, He is billed as Brad Wong in uh, this this movie. Um, His full name is uh, Bradley Daryl Wong. Mm -hmm. And he became known as B.D. Wong after starring in the Tony Award winning play M. Butterfly, where – spoilers – he plays a man uh, disguised as a female opera singer. And so he was billed in that show as BD to disc- oh. to, to hide his gender. Uh, and so he just he t- won a Tony for it. So I'm sure he was just like, I'm just BD Wong from now on. Huh. So, yeah, yeah.
3: Fantastic. yeah. Such, such a really talented cool. guy. Yeah, he yeah. really
1: is. Uh, but, uh, hey, he does a great job inviting Kumiko to the dance. (laughs) Boy, does he. (laughs) Wow. He says, good, see you there, and that's it. (laughs) Putting
2: him to his best use in this one. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
1: So, yeah, uh, uh, poor Kumiko, because she asked Daniel to the dance, and he's just like, sure, and then immediately, but his eyes are, like, locked on uh, Master Sato's uh, dojo uh, as we draw to the end of this two-minute segment.
3: And here we are with poor Daniel, once again, drawn like a magnet to tall, <laughs> strong sociopaths
1: <laughs> and their dojos and <laughs> their dojos. The kid yes. just
3: can't turn away.
1: <laughs> can't. Right. Well, we'll talk about that on Friday. But I have really enjoyed the glory of podcasting with you all.
3: I'll fight for your honor.
1: Nailed it. <laughs> uh thanks for joining us guys and uh, i'm 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 sure you're gonna be back on friday right i mean
2: oh totally yeah i can't wait to uh
1: we'll talk about the uh,
2: more if
3: you want i mean
1: <laughs> yeah, all right if, if that's
3: what it takes, <laughs> if, what it takes.
1: <laughs> if you leave me now <sighs> anyway uh, <laughs> uh okay so folks listeners please send feedback to KarateKidMinute at gmail.com follow us on twitter instagram or join the miyagido facebook uh, Facebook group, Miyagi-Do Karate Dojo. Uh, just search for Karate Kid Minute and you'll find us. And if you got a minute, please jump on to Apple Podcasts. Give us a nice rating and review. And until next time, first, learn rule number one.